0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash spoken today.
2: Alice K. Shattuck and Esquire. I bring your attention. To, you know, every Sunday, I like to curl up in our my Barca lounger and read the Town Common.
3: Do you? Yes.
2: What's the is, Town Common? This is the largest distribution across North Shore of Massachusetts and Colson, New Hampshire. It is... Oh, hold on. <laughs> it is the Town Common. <laughs> I was it wondering is, when you were it going It's the North Shore paper. So this is, has Ipswich, Newburyport, etc. And I got a today's version. It's a free paper. It's actually kind of a nice paper. It is a tabloid style paper. Hmm. But anyway, I was at the store that absolutely wasn't selling vodka. And I saw one there and I saw this headline that said, Bloody Tuesday strike honored. I thought, okay, what are the chances this goes where I think it's going? So we got a little bit of history in this house. Dateline, this is by Stuart Little with a Y. So it might be Lytle. I'm not sure. I assume I have a problem with him either way. Who's named Stuart anymore? Okay, so um, Dateline Ipswich. Last week, dozens of people, including descendants of Nicoletta Patalopoulos, gathered at the corner of Main and Saltonstall streets to unveil a new plaque honoring the 27-year-old mill worker and other bystanders whom police shot 109 years ago, to break up a protest here for higher wagers in better working conditions. Initiated and funded by the town's historical commission, which is more than ever making trouble. Of course. The plaque, on I get the feeling that the the plaque about how the Indians massacred somebody is gone, and instead we have this one. Initiated by the town's historical commission, the plaque on the property owned by, uh, I don't know... Across the street from the Institution for Savings reminds passers-by that Ipswich was the scene of what has become known as Bloody Tuesday, June 10th, 1913. Oh, if not a week goes by when I don't think about (laughs) Bloody Tuesday. Tuesday, Bloody Tuesday. My goodness, if that's not Commonwealth lore, I don't know what it is. But anyway, the bronze plaque reads, near this spot, police clash with immigrant workers. What kind of workers?
3: Immigrant workers? Correct.
2: Police clashed with the immigrant workers, striking for an increase in pay at the Itswich hosiery mill, firing into the crowd. Several people were injured, and uh, an onlooker Nicoletta Patelopoulos was fatally shot. The ceremony began and ended at the Assumption of the Virgin Mary Greek Orthodox Church. What do you suppose if you were to go oh, in? Actually, maybe that's not, but I, I'm going to put it out there anyway. Oh, it's a Greek Orthodox church because the Pop- Patabopoulos was shot. So, yeah. Participants carrying Greek flags and workers' banner paraded on the sidewalks downtown. Atlanta. Christine Santipaulopoulos, uh, Nicoletta's great-grandniece, who helped organize the event, told the crowd her great-aunt would have been honored for the town to remember her in this way. She's buried in what is called the Immigrant Cemetery, now part of the Highland Annex Cemetery on Fowler Lane. Fairly interesting stuff. A mm-hmm. union problem, a police... The, police uh, crackdown and the violence, you know, was not a rare thing at the time. Padilopoulos was uh, walking home from her shift at the Browns Essex Mill to downtown Ipswich. Her great-grandnephew, Michael Serentopoulos, told the crowd that Nicoletta was happy that day. She was on her way to celebrate her engagement, to be married, he said. At SD Street, she encountered a crowd mostly of Greek and Polish workers striking for a twenty percent wage hike. She stopped to watch the protest, but the primary breadwinner for her mother and younger sister did not join in the protest. So she was just watching; she was not in the protest. Okay. Asterisk. At the time, workers were paid the uh, by the piece, and salaries ranged from two fifty to six fifty a week. Yada yada yada. So. <clears throat> The owners, supported by the local newspaper publisher and town officials, called out the Ipswich police and officers from other towns to quell the protests. Shortly before 6 p.m., when the crowd did not disperse, the police were ordered to shoot into the crowd. They fired 50 to 100 bullets in five minutes, injuring several protesters. Nicoletta, standing on a porch nearby, was struck in the head and died. George Calvis, who held a brick, was shot in the leg. Panic Panigpaganis was shot through the cheek because she brandished a club. Arcus Parskovis was shot above the knee. Three other bystanders were also shot. Flora Cornelius, a 36-year-old housewife, was shot above the knee. Satis Jorokopoulos, an 18-year-old fruit vendor manning his stand, was shot through the ankle. Nicoletta's death was a huge financial and emotional loss to her family. Her fiancé returned to Greece, joined the army, and died in World War I.
4: Okay.
3: Thanks,
2: Ipswich PD. A lot of people have never heard about it, said Linda Grimes, vice chair of the historical commission.
3: It is an interesting story.
2: Of course it is. But there are stories like this all over the place. It has been swept under the rug. The attack on mostly immigrant workers was a terrible incident, she said. Of course, mills at the turn of the century were filled with immigrant workers. Mm Mm-hmm. Rachel Meyer, a commission member. And of course,
3: now those people are all bad guys anyway. Right. Greeks and Polish people are not uh, Mm. on the good list for most good liberals nowadays. No,
2: they are now bad. They're now the oppressors. They wear uh, MAGA hats. Rachel Moore, a commission member, said it is an uncomfortable subject. Now, these commission members are all generally well heeled, um, credentialed progressives who are happy to use these commissions to uh, point out just how bad this country is. The Towns Historical Commission voted unanimously to honor Papadopoulos and others. They got a huge brown, bronze plaque there. The plaque, plaque cost about a, a couple thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Ipswich was not a hotbed of uh, radical labor protest in the 20th century. It was a company town. The establishment, led by George Schofield, the publisher of the Ipswich Chronicle, and a local politician opposed the strike and sided with the mill owners who recruited scab workers in the Boston docks. lexman Charles Hull read the strikers a riot act, ordering them to disperse. Most of the workers who spoke only Greek probably didn't understand his orders. <laughs> Following the violent incident, no police officer was charged. Instead, local town officials and business leaders, including Ipswich Crown, put out false information that disparaged immigrants and the striking workers. Initially, the police said they were fired on from tenement houses near the factory. Sleckman Hull claimed that six shots were fired at police, although at the trial, no evidence was produced that the strikers had guns. The police claimed Potalopoulos was killed by a bullet fired from the second floor of a nearby tenement. But the local medical examiner ruled that that was impossible. From the angle of the bullet that entered her head, she appeared to have been shot by someone standing directly in front of her. The bad cops. Mm -hmm. The chauvins of their day. A dozen strikers were arrested and put on trial, but when the evidence against them was insufficient to support the charges, the case against them collapsed. So I read all of this entire thing in the town common. Mm -hmm. of uh, the North Shore of Massachusetts. Really, just for this last paragraph.
3: Okay. I'm ready.
2: History tends to repeat itself a lot, said (laughs) town historian Gordon Harris last year before he spoke about the Ipswich hosiery strike at the Essex Heritage Symposium. The parallels between 1913 and current events are unmistakable, he said. So the point is this nothing is serious anymore nothing is serious anymore everything is about painting this country as terrible and now is terrible and look at this there is this there was a a, 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 a a labor action 109 years ago and you see the cops were bad then too mm-hmm. just shooting into the crowd wantonly killing immigrants' not really those cops were immigrants I would probably suggest a lot of them but you know what that's right. It's just another... It never ends. These people thrive. And I I had it when I was... When I was a young man too, I knew girls of my, of my age who were just hated, hated this country. Hated it. Everything it does is wrong. Everything it did is wrong. They're all upscale. All had... All lived in beautiful, redone Victorians and the nice side of town into a person. It's just simply about hating this country. This art... This article which could be interesting actually if he got into the x's and o's of really what was happening could be interesting Mm -hmm. but this is just condemning the country we live in it's just another reason to condemn it it's terrible nothing's changed condemn 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 that's it so there is no media anymore
3: yeah what exactly is supposed to be the parallel where do we have cops shooting immigrant cops, workers?
2: Yeah, cops shoot because we're xenophobic now. Cause shot, well, you notice in the southern border, they they were strapping people last year. <laughs> and cops showed, shot the mostly immigrant workers. Now, I would I would think that, first of all, that was a no BS time about 1910. Uh, it was a different time. It was not this time. I don't know that the cops gave a flying heck who was an immigrant. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe it was a white supremacist. Well, I
3: did think it was interesting that they said the the guy holding the brick got shot and somebody holding a club got shot. It sounds like there was a little mm-hmm. more to it than a peaceful protest,
2: right? Because there were violent labor actions at the time, including oh, yeah. murders and pillaging and all the other things. So there was, it was on. We were
3: basically like in a low grade war for like a few decades there with labor and various. Law enforcement, or like private law enforcement, like Pinkerton right. stuff and all that. I mean, yeah, it was there was actual violence around labor disputes, um, pretty commonly in this country. But yeah, I, like once again, it could be an interesting story, and you could actually talk about it. But mm-hmm. it's not really actually that parallel to what's happening now.
2: Right. I mean, I would say as well that it's not simply the to use a term the binary that the mean hosiery mill owners said, we need to make good men, we need to make more profits, more profits, more profits. They also had a universe of things to consider, including their own relationships, their relationship with the community, their uh, own vendors or customers who were waiting for the hosiery stuff to arrive. They probably had to worry about supply chain stuff, all sorts of things. I guarantee you that those owners, the mean owners with uh, with pocket watches, etc., had a world full of realities to contend with, that the dudes saying we want more than six fifty a week ha- could not even imagine. And if you've been in management, you know that, that is the case. It's really the world is really easy when you're a line level person. Makes total sense. Good versus bad management is bad. We do all the work; they get all the profits. <laughs> Once you're in management, it uh, it changes. And I wish the world was nice and simple, like this.
3: But it's not. Yeah, I know somebody who says all the time, like, I wish I would be, could be a liberal. It would be so easy. Things yeah. would be so simple. You could just go through life believing, like, management is always wrong and bad and, like, the good noble workers are always good and everything's simple and easy. And, yeah, I... because it it does seem to be a very uh, peaceful worldview, Really, like, just, you don't have to, there's not a lot of nuance or, or, you know, stress to it. You always know who the bad mm-hmm. guys are and who the good guys are. It's very easy. So,
2: in that, you know, one of the Sunday shows Ibram Candy was on today. <sighs> now, he's a dumb, but we're all into this thing where Juneteenth is this thing. Now, I think that actually the, the, the end of slavery probably rates as far as
3: something to celebrate.
2: Right. Right. Absolutely. The day that Texas finally found out seems like a weird way to do it, but fine. Whatever.
3: But I think- Well, and I guess it was like a holiday in Texas that people knew about before like this year. But the truth is that this all happened in the last two to three years, or or I would say two-
2: it's all George Floyd. Two I mean, year- so- for, for the rest of the country, it's all George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And these liberals now with Ukraine signs are acting like they always celebrate Juneteenth. They haven't heard... They have no idea about well, it.
3: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is It's like, so two years ago, I first started to hear about Juneteenth. And then last year, they just acted like everybody was supposed to know about Juneteenth Mm -hmm. and it was like a thing that we all had been doing and you obviously knew about Juneteenth. it
2: was musical chairs. If you were the last one to know, then you were condemned and it needed to be canceled.
3: Right, because it definitely like, it wasn't a thing before like two years ago at all. And then last year they just started to act like this was a thing. Now there's like a Juneteenth flag that places are flying and there's like Juneteenth Stuff like at the Walmart, you can buy like your Juneteenth plates for your Juneteenth celebration. A bunch of people now suddenly have the day off work. Probably, I think it's like 50-50 right now of people that I know in corporate jobs who have the day off tomorrow or not. A bunch of people have Juneteenth off work. Uh, I know somebody whose company had like a party and a trivia day at work. Like who works for a tech company. Like, I mean, just... And so all of a sudden, this is now something that we're all doing is celebrating Juneteenth. And like, I don't know, it's weird how now the left sort of just like, and I think the right does this too in their own ways, but like, we just like meme things into reality. Like people talk about Juneteenth, like it's a thing until they magically make it a thing.
2: Right. Right. So now it's a thing, which is even, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of these, of generally these holidays anyway. I mean, I just think that, okay, so people are going to barbecue an extra day and, and and day drink. Is that like is that what the slaves would have wanted? I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that what anybody would I mean, have wanted?
3: I mean, is that what like the fallen service members want us to do on Memorial Day? But that's what people do.
2: Right. And also like with the MLK holiday, I thought it was, I was I always thought about like isn't he worth more than just a, another day like everybody else has? But But no, that's what we've decided. We decided the rule is you get a day if you're really cool <laughs> and so that that's it. So we have Juneteenth and whatever i i mean i still, th- feel I'd still i would think that if there's a pride month then the you know the descendants of slaves are actually the, the you read
3: my mind that was going to be yeah. my next thing i said is like everybody gets a day except one group <laughs> one group gets an entire month of the year where we all have to know all about them but i mean but i do think I do think it's interesting how the left has been pushing this, like, um, this Juneteenth stuff. And and I do think there's a push to create sort of, like, a separate cultural experience for black Americans, right? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and they've started doing this stuff at some sporting events, like the Black National Anthem, like that that's going to be a thing now. And now there's the Juneteenth flag. Like, I guarantee you this is going to be seen as like the alternative patriotic holiday and flag to have in the summer. If you're like a black American, right?
2: Uh, yeah.
3: Although, um, the DC mayor was, um, doing her own thing for flag day too. Did you see this? No. So she set up all the flags for flag day. They are doing them with 51 stars.
2: Oh, maybe it did too. So,
3: again, trying to meme things into reality. They're upset that they're not a state. And the House passed something to make them a state that the Senate's not going to pass. But why do they get to be a state?
2: Well, it doesn't matter. Everybody gets to be whatever now. (laughs) So we're
3: just going to add the star to the flag. We're going to tell you we're a state and put the star on the flag. And then we're going to just pretend that we are. Right. Well,
2: Alice, we talked about it last week. a heavily painted wigged man dressed up as a bird <laughs> for a commercial and pranced around pretending to be a bird and it was to be celebrated you know we, the the freaking the food delivery company company is now doing psas about how to have good safe, safe alternative sex so that there's no mess I mean, everything is gone. It's 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 interesting. We were talking to our friends in Ipswich today. The site, by the way, of Bloody Tuesday. Um, you may have heard. Yes, and and um, it's like this. Suddenly, in the last half year, it's been a hail mary. Let's do it all. Let's just go for the go for the. Let's have the let's have the 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 uh, drag queens twerk with the kids. Let's make the full court rush right now. And anybody who's against it is a bigot and has a problem, is a hater, etc., and doesn't like it. You know, I I, 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 tweeted, I, I did a Substack last weekend, and on uh, the the fact that it's okay at Fenway Park now to have men dressing uh, as as gaudy uh, uh, harlots uh, twerking and dancing badly with no talent in front of kids. At kids, I think it should be said, but it's the worst thing in the world when two actual women uh, showed their actual female features, and and I have, in you know, I have people like coming on Twitter saying, "Oh, dude, ratio!" It's like, what the? F-? First of all, are you a ma- are you a man? Are you an adult? <laughs> you are gonna hurt my feelings. I'm getting ratioed on Twitter, like whatever that freak that is. But uh, but also. The, the, the picture of the, the Air Force people running with gay pli- pride flags, and to a person, I think f- at least four out of the five women running with the pride flags it, are obese, overweight. Yeah. And they've got a pride flag. And I tweeted out what the f is this, and people said people serving their country. Are we going to pretend we're not seeing this?
3: <laughs> no, you're not well, allowed to notice right. that something's wrong with this picture. Right. one a
2: pride flag in in the military. That and a few two years ago,
3: that a few years ago the military used to use um, like the U.S. flag, right? <laughs>
2: well, example. here's the, I don't want to know in when it comes to the military if somebody's big into uh, fly fishing. Or is a Satanist, or believes in in Scientology, or is huge into Pride, or is a huge fan of avocado toasts, or is uh, you know you know questioning whether or not they should marry a, a a pony. The military is to wash away the individual, right, and to show a cohesive fighting unit unit. I I don't want to know your hang-ups and your effing problems. And ideally, it's a meritocracy because we need the good people to be there who are good at air forcing. We don't need a bunch of fatties in there because they're gay or because they're straight or because they identify as whatever. And so don't effing gaslight me and say, what's wrong with this picture, huh? (laughs) What's wrong with this picture? I have somebody who, who I... I have people we're used to work with saying, what are you saying? In other words, in other words, uh, I'm loading my gun right now. <laughs> Step into the sh- the the uh, snipe zone, Tom. What are you saying? Are you saying anything I hope you're saying, which is gay gays? Which is not true. It's absolutely not true. By the way, I have, I have so many gay creds. I'm not even, I don't even have any time for this crap. I don't care. And you know what? Some of my really good friends are gay, okay? <laughs> Who I've worked
1: Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight
2: ...with and had excellent experiences with and had wonderful times with and who I love to this day. You know, some of the best times in my life were spent around gay people. You know, before I you know, knew that it was a litmus test, before I knew it made me really ex a really good person, okay? It's like, shut up. F- I don't have to pr- anything to prove to any of you. Just fire me, for God's sakes, or get me canceled, or do something. I don't give I'm asking for it. God. Shut up. Oh, everybody. just And this idea that you've heard people, you know, I've, I've listened to way too many podcasts this weekend, one of the, oh, oh, on Bill Maher was uh, either this weekend or last weekend was. Oh, we should play that. I should grab that. I, I th- hopefully, I sent it to us. <sighs> um, um, Cornell West was on. Okay, who I kind of like now because mm-hmm. I'm amused by his um his grift. I'm amused by it. It seems loving and cool and inclusive, and I like that. And I think he makes you feel good if you're in the room with him, Mm -hmm. brother Tom. This and that, and it's very positive. But one of the things he was talking about was was you know the problem is is we've got still there's so much so much um, violence shown in Hollywood, and it's not just there's there's the culture of violence. And he's probably right about that, especially in marginalized communities. Violence is a good thing. Just mm-hmm. emptying your Glock, you know, into somebody else's car, is your, if they, you've got a beat for them, it's a good thing. Whatever and he's like, there's too much depiction of this or that. And I was, and nobody in the panel said anything, but I thought of it like, dude, you're in the effing Matrix. <laughs> like, you are happy to be a part of the... But it doesn't matter because everybody is a whore. So it's fine. He's a whore. I'm a different kind of whore. You're not a whore. I don't Thank think you, you are. Thank you, honey. Um, but, but, I mean, it, it's just... Whatever. It's so. I mean, we had w- with our friends tonight, we, we talked about how they've had, they know people who have gone through hours of DEI training, diversity, equity, mm-hmm. inclusion training, and you can't say anything anymore. You can't say a rule of thumb because it's apocryphal because that meant that that's what you were supposed to beat women with in the rules of the Englishman or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's based it's on the false. It's, it's made up. But most of that stuff, and also. And also, like you can't say paddy wagon, certainly, because th- it's offensive to somebody. How about this? How about we just live in a world where you can be offensive and there are slurs and we all effing just... I'm sorry. We all just <laughs> deal with it. And it's fine. How about that? How about that? Or you can handle it your own way. How about we stop protecting people from meanness and roughness and etc. When I worked with the guys, when I was a banquet porter at the Sinesta, mm-hmm. not to name names, But my boss, one boss, was from Guyana, and some of the crew was from Guyana. And my other boss was from Portugal. And we had a black guy on the squad, and we had essentially two more Guyanese, and we had a Spanish guy, and we had me. And they called me white boy, and they called me um, many different versions of... Uh, gay <laughs> as as much as they could because they, they thought that the gay thing was hilarious as much as they could come together with ways in which I was not only gay but I was spending nights and weekends defiling myself <laughs> it was white boy what'd you do last night this guy half the football team there it was all like total it was complete harassment everything they can think of and of course, I gave it back. I never used racist stuff. I, it, it wasn't my wasn't my thing. Um, um, but I would use this words they would use at me right back at them. As a matter of fact, I can think of them right now. I can't say any of them, mm-hmm. but there are ways in kind of Guyanese culture to say say insults that come to mind still. We said them so often. It was and we worked, of course, with the wait staff at the hotel, and many of them were gay and they would the Guyanese guys the guys would give the gay guys crap and the the gay guys would give the those guys crap back but we all kind of loved each other we were all in the struggle together we were all working together there's no real there was never any animus there was never any animus there was never any discord um we we
3: we nobody went to hr
2: nobody went to hr nobody went to hr and we Nobody all,
3: requested we mandatory we all, diversity training. We all loved for each teams. other. And those guys,
2: I remember one time, um, I remember getting those guys, some of the wait staff was great because they were wondering, like, I was an oddity. I was a, a, a kid who they thought I was educated. I was not, but I was from, I could speak English without a Boston accent. I knew how to say please and thank you. So they thought I, I was Ivy League. But they were like... They would uh, teach, but there's many of them thought I must, he must be gay, but doesn't understand that he's in the (laughs) wrong job. So, um, so I remember one guy saying, um, Tom, can you grab the doilies? And I said, what's a doily? He said, you're definitely not gay. (laughs) He was a gay guy. Another guy telling me about how to use a crummer. Do you know what a crummer is? No. A crummer is a, it's almost like a, um, you know what a sand, what's the, what's the shell that's long and curved? concave long not a sand dollar but the long one that you find on the beach like a mussel, i don't know but a crummer is that something you use to scrape crumbs from a table in fine dining oh right and so i remember having a team of gay guys come and teach me how to use a crummer properly and i had my crummer with me because that's how you clear a table hmm. with panache you know you wouldn't just like you know. and shake out the table you, you use the crummer carefully Hmm. And it was like it was such a wonderful. So it, it, there were so many different cultural things. People from all around the world. We had we had Guyanese, we had Haitians, we had this and that, all doing different things. We were all together, and we were all effing fine. We were fine together. Well, we, and that's one of the things. But, but it's funny. But, but at the time, of course, the person who I was dating was telling me about race relations in the country. You don't understand. i this and that, and this and that. Like, what do you know? You're learning it from college. I'm with these guys and girls. It's like you. What do you know about any effing thing? Not you, else. But 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 like what? What do you? I'm out in the world. You're in college, learning, which is preparing you for the real world where I am right now, learning how to use a crummer.
3: <laughs> well, right, and it is one of the things that I think is so interesting. You know, uh, people in college are big on like these theories, right? And you know critical race theory and gender theory and all this stuff and you know a lot of this stuff goes back to various marxist theories too which is like this was the idea of marxism was that countries would inevitably become communist over time and and end up in this sort of utopian state at, at the end of things that that was like the natural progression of the state of affairs right unfortunately marxist theory ran into reality like a freight train and it turns out that in the real world it just doesn't work that well and same with all these like these other theories that communists came up with right all these race theories and these theories of oppressors and oppressed people and this and that and privilege and whatever well, else is that they sound fine in the classroom and on paper and people can write books and their thesis about it and whatever else and you can flesh out the whole theory of the thing but the problem is when when it you know when the rubber meets the road these things don't work in the real world and that's ultimately the problem with all these diversity trainings and racial theories and stuff is that they are toxic fundamentally just like marxism was when it came into the real world is it just absolutely does not work and destroys everything it comes into contact with it's the same with this race relation stuff and we talked about this like what's going on um in all these liberal charity groups and stuff right now whether it's Audubon or the Gutmacher Institute like any group that's What's a Gutmacher? That's the um the one that was they wrote about in the Intercept piece that's a, a pro-abortion like research group.
4: Oh yes, I they're see. but
3: yeah, they're you know a, a charity organization they're a non-profit and they all these groups um you know, they live and die by this stuff and it is destroying them. It is destroying their organizations. It is turning all of them into totally toxic workplaces where people can't work. It's it's ruining the productivity of people in these companies. And that's a problem. Like if you had a really good theory about how to fix race relations, which I don't think anybody would have told you have ever been perfect on this earth, certainly not in America, post-slavery or the civil rights movement or any of the rest of it, if you have some really great idea about how we can improve race relations and you put it into practice and you teach your stuff at a bunch of companies and race relations continuously get worse, well then maybe your theory just sucks. Mm. Like, maybe if every time you have these diversity trainings and people do the principles of of these this call out culture and cancel culture and microaggressions and all this stuff you maybe if every time you implement this stuff your organization devolves into finger pointing and destruction and And, you know, essentially like the reign of terror in France where people are reporting each other and getting each other Mm -hmm. fired and stuff like maybe it's not a good theory then. Like if that's the result, every time you put it into practice, like where has this race relations stuff ever been implemented where it's resulted in like people of different races getting along better together?
2: No, Where has it, it ever hasn't. resulted well, but also, but, but, in the,
3: what you had already 30 years ago when you worked in hotels mm-hmm. with people of different races where everybody got along and worked together just fine? You know, if they can't even manage to end up at that result, then it's not a very good theory.
2: You're totally right. Totally right. I can imagine now, you know, the, the, the bond and relationship that we had in that hotel now having to sit through lectures where they tell me and the other guys who's more important, who's more oppressed, who's responsible for all the oppression etc. when we had something wonderful it just creates divisions. you know it salts mm-hmm. the earth and that's why it's so gross. and one other thing is that those guys the Guyanese mm-hmm. came here from Guyana and South America, they, they're they all Indian, of Indian descent, where they have zero, they're all, uh, I'm not even going to say their names, but their their last names are, their Indian names, and they are last on the bottom rung of the caste system in India. They have mm-hmm. zero chance of ever as- being ascended in India because it's a, it's a class system. Mm-hmm. Those guys came to this country worked 80 hours a week or more. They worked as much as they could. They loved it. They wanted to work as much as they could. Even back then, they were buying property. I remember him buying property. One of my guys was, my boss was Sammy. His name was Venka Sammy. Um, and he was buying property. That's all he did. They worked, 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 bought property. And where he bought property used to be Roxbury, which is now the fashionable South end. So, I guarantee you, the, he's my,
3: doing a lot better than yes, us. Yes, <laughs> the guy who called me
2: Lolo boy. What Lolo means penis boy, uh, because he was uh, suggesting that I was a more Into celebrant of, of Pride Month than uh, was true. Um, never complained, didn't give a flying bleep, and worked in. Now I assume is a multimillionaire. millionaire mm-hmm. Absolutely, a in in, in it's community wide. You know, and thank God they didn't get polluted by this movement that told them to bitch and moan about. The yeah, but situation. their kids probably have. Well, at this point, you're probably right. You're probably right. That's Elf. what
3: sucks. Is I mean, like a lot of these parents that have worked so hard to get their kids positioned for success in this country, you know, their kids are being completely poisoned by this crap in the school systems. Completely poisoned.
2: All right, so so we gotta we gotta t- to start wrapping it up. So did you have something that you wanted to get to?
3: Um, we can do some things in the Patreon show too.
2: Okay, because I, I, I did want to just about over on Patreon. I want to quickly before we go to the chat chat. Oh, by the way, did you notice what I did when you were gone? A bonus show for the Patreon.
3: Oh, you did? I didn't see that. Yes, I did. Just you? I'll have to listen to it. Just me? I never get to listen to just you anymore, because I'm always with you.
2: Oh, you've heard this already. You heard this last night. This is about dropping off our son at camp. Oh. So, so, am I a bitch? Yes. And you'll hear that if you want to hear it. But but uh, it's just totally honest. It's just a totally... Patreon is a totally, it's a totally honest accounting of what was happening yesterday, because it was just one of the most profound moments of my life. All right, so uh, I do want to very quickly, before we get to the chat chat, I do want to get to this. <laughs> the um, director, the um, economic director, Brian Deese, was on with Margaret Brennan, who did a great job with him today. But if you think that there is a chance that um, that this administration has any clue how to get out of this situation, then I would say you are uh, wrong. All
3: the things they want to do are going to make it worse. Despite all of what you laid out, um, and
0: I know the president said recession is not inevitable, it it seems increasingly probable. Uh, The conference board put out their survey this week. It shows eight out of 10 global CEOs now expect a recession within the next 12 to 18 months. So what power does the president have to stop that kind of contraction? Well, I think what where we are in the economy right now is in a transition. And I spoke oh, to CEOs this over, the, over the past week from sectors across the economy, and they're figuring out how to navigate this transition. Some of this is exactly what we need to see. They're planning
4: uh, around a recession.
0: Well, they're planning around transitions in our economy. Oh. People are buying less goods, <laughs> be, uh, uh, spending time at home. They're spending more on services. That mm-hmm. creates some real challenges for some companies and some uh, CEOs.
2: Anyway, so there, there you go. She, she actually, Margaret him in this interview because he was dodging and weaving and he's a weasel and he's more of a flack than anything else. Uh, That said, Dana Bash had something interesting to say also. This isn't a Freudian slip as I call them. I coined that term.
3: Republican voters in South Carolina ousted one of the ten Republicans who voted to impeach the former president over his role in the January 6th erection.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Are they suggesting that the president was erect at that time? I...
1: Hmm.
2: All right, so here we go, chat chat time. Ready, homie? Yep. I haven't previewed these, so I don't know.
5: I can't believe I have to try to defend my love for the movie Ladybugs. I just love it. There's 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 no explanation. It, I just it just has a has a soft spot for me. It's a soft spot for me.
2: All right. Right. ladybugs was a rodney dangerfield movie where he was like a soccer coach and it was a horrific time for dangerfield he wrapped it up shortly after he was uh done but you don't have to i think it's sentimental to uh justin
0: hi steve from Aramac. hey tom two things one greg poehler is a moonbat but you have to admit that that was a top five kms show
3: yesterday
2: Okay, first of all, Steve, a few things. One, we love DeLeo's Pizza. It's it DeLeo's. I
3: don't even know what we're talking about in Merrimack, about right now. by the way. I want you to know
2: because it's thin crust, and we love them. Um, that Greg Polar show. Oh, was...
3: the pizza you got the other day, yeah, Riverside.
2: No, 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 in I Merrimack. I you got okay. different. Um, but um, that Greg Polar show, it KMS show, was probably the best show that they've ever had. The funniest one I thought was when they had Little Alex Jones when they were doing that. That one was killing me driving the car uh, to Vermont. But that Greg Poler show—it's Amy Poler's brother—and oh. he's a brilliant guy. And he got it. He got it, and he just added like nitrous oxide to the to to the show. It was it was brilliant. If he was on that show constantly, I mean, the show's already awesome. Um, but it would be the Were standalone they having greatest him thing on with-
3: to try out as like, another person? I don't think don't so. Have, he lives like, in... Um... Isn't she from Bedford or something? She's
2: from Burlington, but he lives uh, in Europe. He's he's in know. Hollywood, too. He does stuff. But he's in Belgium or... No, no. The, where are the the Pol- Polars? Uh, Swedish. He's in Sweden. Okay, Steve. Back to
0: Steve. Hi. Steve from Aramac. Tom, two things. One, Greg Polar is a moonbat but you have to admit that that was a top five KMS show. Have you yesterday. heard it, else? No. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, listen. Two, okay. in your <laughs> discussion of Irish uh, foibles, uh, you left out one, which also denotes uh, Irish uh, rudeness, which would be the Irish goodbye, mm-hmm. when uh, an Irish-American a-hole, uh, much like <laughs> myself, Mom leaves this, a family party or any gathering without saying goodbye to anyone. Thank you. That is true,
2: Tom's Steve. big
3: it, on that, too. Yeah,
2: I am. That I am big on that. It's dishonorable, but my friends know it. I expect it now. I. It, it started really in my late mid-late 20s. Yeah. It's... I
3: forced you to come back downstairs the other day.
2: Yeah, leave me alone. Don't bring me back downstairs, <laughs> Alice. God. The Irish goodbye is when we're done. We're done. We're finito, and we need to... We only have enough... If you're out at the bar at night, you only have enough energy left, Alice, in the reactor core... To get home. There's no more energy to talk to people or do anything else. That's why you have to slip out. There's no more time. Plus, if you're a jerk like me, then you're going to try to keep people at the bar no matter what at any
4: cost. Which is probably what Steve is, too. Hi, Tom. Hi, Alice. Just wanted to add my two cents into why we definitely need the visual portion of your podcast uh, and it uh, not and not just the audible portion. How caught up are we on that? By the way, not caught up.
3: Okay, okay I'll work on it today. Okay,
4: okay. I'm just. I mean, like a week.
3: Not caught. I up? mean, yeah, like a week. <laughs>
4: uh, I have five reasons for this. Number one,
3: it's a lot of reasons.
4: It shows that Tom is either helpless. or or uninterested in responding to his children's needs.
3: Correct. Number two. Uninterested.
4: I find it enjoyable watching Tom shouting while the podcast is muted in response (laughs) to said children. Number three. Alice being the one to care for her kids when a parent is urgently needed. Number four. Always enjoy the guest appearances from Pepper. Mm
5: -hmm. And
4: lastly, number five. It's just such a wonderful dichotomy in the ordinary appearance of Tom and the exceptional <laughs> beauty of Alice. What is so this? Please, oh, thank please, you. Please start putting the visual portion of the podcast back on YouTube.
3: Okay, okay. I cannot
4: thank you enough. Phil from Attleboro. Okay, thank you. Phil. Bye-bye. I will. Thank you, Phil.
3: Okay, Phil. Thank I am you. thrilled that he called. Because you complimented me, I will. He
2: complimented me, too. He said, ordinary appearance. That's <laughs> better than I
3: ever get. I think you're <sighs> handsome.
2: Thank you, Alice.
5: Happy Father's Day to all the Burn Bros and Shads, including Tom Shattuck. Thank you. Alright. Bye.
2: There we go. Uh
5: I just saw a video of a man and a woman having sex on a motorcycle while it was like he while he was riding like riding it. Jesus. She was Seems riding him while he was riding the motorcycle. Wild. That's dangerous. Laconia Kid,
2: right?
3: Is that soon? There were a lot of motorcycles on the road. I think it might
2: be happening. I'm not even sure. Okay. uh, There were a lot of
3: motorcycles around. I wasn't sure. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Happy Father's Day, Burn Barrelers. And I don't say the word, but you know what you are. Um, all of you who bought t-shirts that say it on it happy father's day to you and um everybody else out there you can always talk to us on twitter at burn barrel pod facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast we're gonna head over right now to patreon and do our patreon bonus show and uh, we'll talk to you soon over there